Blog Talk Radio. Boxes, 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 boxes. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live, bright and early, folks. It is 26th of May, 2019. What's going on, everybody? Um, coming to you at a different time than normal, given the fact that it is, what, Labor Day weekend or something like that. So for a lot of people, there's a three-day weekend thing going on out there, not on these parts of the area in Central California. For me, I'll be back at the work grind tomorrow, but that's okay. All money ain't good money, and good money could be one for all. Um, but, yeah, early morning, as we uh, have not done, probably ever here at the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, but we did at a place before where this time was accustomed to getting boxing talk and early arguments with the guys uh, for the norm. That one other place, yeah, it's been a while since I've been up this early, um, getting ready to go and all that good stuff, set my alarm bright and early, um, and just, you know, getting ready to rock and roll here. Got home a little while ago, getting my tea ready over the oven right now, thanks to Herbalife. Yes, camp is serious. Just had me uh, 12 rounds yesterday on the back, going at it for about 38 minutes. And I was just, them things, them things ready, man. I think I'm playing down to 168 right now. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But anyways, yeah, yesterday was chilling. Um, caught some of the boxing and um, didn't catch some of it, caught most of it um, because of a thing called the NBA playoffs yesterday. Toronto Raptors picked up the W, getting them out of there in six. We'll have the Warriors and Raptors in the finals. Can't wait. Too bad it's on Thursday, though, because Thursday, that's my, that's when I go out for that farmer's market thing and, and be hunting for snow bunnies, as uh, that character Elmer Fudd used to be doing. Um, but um, I have to figure something out about that. It's a conflicting schedule. Nonetheless, though, bright and early here, waiting for my tea to get ready so I can get the vocals ready to expand with some of these guys that we're going to have some talks with. Uh, I know that it wasn't the, the the brightest stars in boxing this week as far as the most well-known. Uh, I think Willow was calling them who's these guys or maybe in different – Terms, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> but um, definitely really good performances yesterday, um, and we'll get to all that and cover all the all in all that happened yesterday. But first, I want to take it to my co-host, my main man in the tag team division, in which we held gold for a very long time out in Houston, Texas. D. Willow Wilson, good morning to you, good sir. It's been a while since we've been up and at it this morning, man. What's going on with you? Oh man. You know, it has been, you know, it's a, 
11 out here for me, so it's not that early. I uh, had a went to a party yeah. last night, got in early, was able to catch the main the, the two main events. Well, I was able, I was able to catch the Haney quick piece. I was able to catch the um most of the trout fight. Those sort of ended at the same time. But I I was able to sit down and relax and catch that Edo Heron fight which you know, which turned out completely different than we all thought it was going to turn out, man. So, you know, it was good, good little day of boxing. Um, not the best of the best, but it was all right. Um, didn't watch anything with the NBA. Um, I'm okay with Leonard making it to the finals, getting Gaines out of there because people were pumping that kid up a little, you know, just a little too much. Um, he's not that damn good. He's good, but he ain't yeah. that damn good yet. But um, yeah, this weekend is uh, I think it's Memorial Day, and I wanted to look up something real quick. Um, the first Memorial Day, I think it's called Commencement Day, right? It's something that the slaves did after the Civil War. Uh. Something that the slaves did after the civil civil war, and um, for the people that fought for you know emancipation, but as the years went down, it got whitewashed, turned into Memorial Day. You know something that we don't even know that the, the slaves invented, but this holiday was invented by the slaves to commemorate the people that fought in the Civil War. You know after they were freed, so. Shout out to all the veterans that fought for our country. Um, not the veterans. This is a Veterans Day. Shout out to all the veterans that died in our country uh, for fighting for our country or fighting, yeah, fighting on behalf of our country. Sometimes it's not really actually for the country, but it's on behalf of the country. Uh, the, tomorrow is mm-hmm. not Veterans Day, so you don't have to say happy, you know, Memorial Day to the people that are in the service because that's not what this is all about. This is about the people that died and, you know, and that gave their life. So I think it would be good for us to have a quick moment of silence for all the veterans that lost their lives. R.C., would you agree? Yes, sir. Well, let's do it. We'll just have a moment of silence. We won't bring the chimes in. That there, that there, great history lesson for all who who weren't aware of that. Well, I completely forgot what weekend it was for the the holiday weekend because, like I said, for most people they're talking about three day weekend, three day weekend. Me, it was a six day week. It's a one day weekend for me. This is my only day off, and I'll be back on the grind tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, um, but no, great insight there. So like, uh, I was sitting in the classroom and. And uh, taking notes over here, well, well, uh, Mr. Wilson gave me some uh, gave us some quality quality feedback on that history lesson. I, I appreciate the hell out of that, man. So, um, but yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Good fights and stuff yesterday, and uh, especially about Giannis, uh, everyone was pumping him up too much. I, if I give me, if I want, if I'm having to be a superstar on my team, I need someone who's gonna shoot from at least ten feet. But um, yeah, good series and all that good stuff. Um, is uh, JP? I seen his messaging us right now. I don't know if he's gonna be coming in here with this. Uh, uh but anyways, whenever he gets, yeah, on. I'll let you know when he gets on. 
Yeah, let me know. We'll, we'll get him on here and see what the hell's going on. Um, I don't blame him. Shit, when I first called, there was some sort of a call failure. I was like, hold up, wait a minute. But it ended up going through anyway. But um, I'm sure he'll be with us here shortly. And, uh, well, let's just get straight to it from the jump. Um, Devin, he- the- Devin Haney, the dream. Almost got tongue-tied there. Uh, I had him a hell of a performance yesterday against Antonio Moran. When um, I was I was I was happy that I still had my subscription to the Zone ever since the Canelo fight. So I was able to check this one out in really good quality and go back and rewind if I wanted to and all that good stuff. And um, you know when I when I seen the weigh-in, Hayden just looked like. I mean, he looked in phenomenal shape. I mean, he looked like he was ready for war. You know, and how do you not like Devin Haney? This is this kid is, you know, doing interviews talking about moving at 135, moving at 140. When he does, you know, not running from anybody, talk about facing the best fighters, and it's when it's all said and done, win, lose, or draw, they want him to be said to be as a guy who never ducked anyone when it goes down into the history books. Gotta love that man. Good kid with a lot of a lot of potential. What is he? Twenty years old. The, the future is very very bright for Devin Haney, man. And yesterday, hell, I, I thought that this one would be going to the cards. And you know, as as, as great as it was as a knockout for Devin Haney, it was. Um, I don't know what the hell Moran was doing. Uh, it, it's uh, it was a bad look <laughs> for him because. It's, I mean, let's be honest. That hook was coming. You know, where was I? Don't know where the fight was at, but wherever the fight was, that punch that knocked out uh, Moran came from the town nearby. I mean, that one was. I mean, it was wide, and it was. I don't know how he gets caught with that type of shot. And not only that, he's trying to throw a right straight when he gets when he gets hit with that. I mean, that was cocked back, full load. I mean, just. A full-out flush right to the chin. Phenomenal knockout in the second round. Devin Haney put on a highlight performance that was all over the Internet world. Uh, man, but for the defensive side of Moran, yeah, you, you got to get better. You got to get better on defense, man. Size advantage and all that good stuff, but that was just uh, probably one of the worst things you could try to do when that big hook's coming at you. Head movement, head movement, <laughs> you know. So, um but impressive performance. You can't give the kid nothing less than the A plus for what he put on display yesterday, Willa. Uh, and man, he shocked the hell out of me. I thought this was going to be a little bit of a a tactical fight. And Devin Haney took over from the first round, frustrated Moran, and probably, you know, goaded him into that big punch that he ended up giving him. So I, A plus performance, hell of a performance. This kid, the dream is the real deal, man. What was your thoughts on his performance yesterday, Willa? Oh man, you know, when it comes to these young guys, I'm I'm usually very excited about these dudes. We've been saying it, you know, since the beginning of the year that all the boxing platforms have been pushing, you know, their new fighters. And we've been saying they're women fighters, which I haven't seen too many of lately, but I haven't been watching full cards. I haven't watched a full card in a, in a while, I, I don't think. You know, I haven't sat down. Well, last week I think I did, and I didn't see any women. 
but I saw some young guys. So I don't know if the women are dying down, if they're, it's only such, it, they only have so many good lady boxers and they all fought, so maybe they'll fight again later in the year. But, but as, and when it comes to these young boys, these young bulls, they're pushing them. And Haney is a guy that has the skills. You know, when it comes to defense, I think JP called him uh, baby, uh, baby Mayweather uh, last last show. Mm-hmm. And uh, JP, JP did, is on with us now, so you can hit him after me. Um, all right, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so when it comes, Haney was a guy who, who didn't have any who we who we thought had the skills but didn't have any power, and we said that. And so he was, even though his skills are up there with the top guys, Shakur, um, Tia Fimo, a uh, few other um, uh, American fighters that we've got these young American dudes that are out here trying to that are out here making a name for themselves. His power isn't there, mm-hmm. but his skill his skill level is up there with them. Maybe even better when it comes to skill, right? Maybe. But then all of a sudden, nope. boom, mm-hmm. he's knocking boys out all of a sudden. He's knocking grown men out, 26 years old. So we saw, you know, last week, uh, last show I said, you know, we never know when it happens because it seemed like Shakur, after, you know, he turned 20, 21, he started knocking people out again. You know, he was knocking people out, then he stopped because I think that, you know, he was fighting grown men. But then it seemed like he got his strength up again and he started knocking people out. So we're going to see. If this is um, if Devin Haney is starting to knock boys out, he looks strong as hell in there. He always looks strong as hell, but he actually looked very strong in there. And he gave that boy. I think the reason why he was able to hit him with that loop is because he hit him with that straight right hand first, right, and and sort of dazed him. Then he slept that boy on the ropes. That was a that was a that wasn't a wilder KO sleep, but it was damn near close. That was a good ass knockout. That's one that we're gonna have to think about as a knockout of the year, um, especially from somebody that we we haven't seen sleep a guy like that. Um, hey, a plus front for the young man. He's still on the rise. Like you said, he wants all comers, and and he he mentioned something that, in the yeah he mentioned something in this little interview that made a lot of sense. You know, he came in and he said, you know, y'all say these guys have more experience than me. Y'all say they put in more routes, they have more experience than me because they're older. He says, but I fight world champions every day. You know, he says, y'all don't count sparring as learning, but I, um, as, you know, getting rounds in and experience, but he does. And it sort of shows. It shows that this guy is, could be the real deal. Now, he hasn't got popped in the mouth yet, so we we don't know. Like all all these young guys, every young guy that we've named, they haven't they haven't been against somebody who's going in there to sleep them yet. But so far, so good for yeah. this Devin Haney guy, the dream, and he had old Moran dreaming last night because he went to sleep. But A plus, man, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a hell of a knockout, and it wasn't just. Uh, like a looping shot, like uh, it just came out of nowhere. Like, you know, he did catch him with that left hook and he fought with the right. And that is what stunned Moran. Moran starts moving from the middle of the ring, getting closer to the ropes. Then he hits him with the one, two, left, right. And then that connected. And then the faint one was just, that was like, okay, I already got his attention with this left twice. The third one was just a psych out and bam, there comes that looping shot. Impressive as hell. Impressive as hell. 
And uh, I like how he mentioned that you said that we, he spars with world champions every day. And, you know, that's definitely being considerable for getting rounds under your belt somehow, some way, uh, whether it's, you know, on the, on the, uh, on the box rec, as far as how many rounds you got total or not, that's still something to take into consideration. But let's take it to JP and see what's going on real quick out there and uh, get his thoughts on this fight. JP, glad you're with us, man. Right and early. Good morning to you, my friend. How you doing this this morning? I'm well this morning, family. Well, well. Um, <clears throat> shit. A little good night of boxing, man. Low-key night of boxing, but a good one. Uh, Devin Haney put on the show, lived up to expectations, which is hard to do. Um, I think we had a game guy in the ring last night in Moran, but Devin Haney, um, Lived up to expectations. One thing I like most about Devin Haney is his, is his foundation and his background. And I'll go slightly off topic for a second here, but these upcoming athletes, the new generation, <clears throat> the Devin Haney's, these younger guys, Patrick Mahomes, just across sports, <clears throat> Kyler Murray, they're all going to have fathers now. So for the first time in decades in the black community, dads are back in the households. And this is going to change the dynamic of the athlete. You won't see them with the stereotypical um, stigma attached to them where they're emotional because they're raised by their mother. You can look at an Adrian Brown or maybe even a Floyd Mayweather and say you could kind of tell their dad wasn't there because how they act doesn't symbol a dad, a real dad being there and being a dad. Devin Haney and these other guys, are coming up with a real dad in the household, and it makes them men. You know, not that Floyd Mayweather and them guys weren't men, but it's a different type of mindset going into what you're going into. It's not only going to be talent-based. I'd, I'd, I'd say if Adrian Broner had a, had a real established household growing up that's, you know, more ideal, he'd be a better fighter than he is right now because he wouldn't be into the other bullshit so much. He'd have his focus would be better. The thing I like about Devin Haney is his eyes, and that'll be a theme today because there was another fighter last night, and, and I liked his eyes, and I like Devin Haney's eyes. Um, he did the Canelo. The Canelo is when you look downstairs and come up top with the right, you know, and that's a, a move Canelo's been doing for a, a long time now, and, uh, you know, got that guy looking down and caught him going up. Caught him upstairs, but like I said, Devin Haney living up to expectations. He's my number one prospect going forward because, like I said, I like that background. I like that foundation. <clears throat> These guys didn't take the stereotypical route. They could have been with a promoter three years ago. They said, "No, we're going to do it our way, Frank Sinatra style." So I, I admire that. And like I say, man. Um, I'm really looking forward to Devin Haney's career. Um, the power, look, man, let's not forget there was once a pretty boy Mayweather who was sparking out guys, who was beating up guys. Let's not forget that. You know, so at this level of the game, you're 20 years old, they're kind of feeding you, getting you prepped and primed and ready for, for the real comp. So you're, you're going to get these guys to beat up. So there was once a time when old Money May was pretty boy Floyd. And he was beating up dudes. And that's where Devin Haney is now. Not to say Devin Haney won't be mm-hmm. a guy who can beat up dudes and knock guys out. Um, because there's a difference between Floyd Mayweather and Sugar Ray Leonard. 
Sugar Ray Leonard would go after it. You know, Floyd's a defensive master, okay? He's a defense guy. You just – you can't – I know that's hard to rationalize in the in the fight game, that a guy be – his number one asset be defense. But that's what it was, and that's great also. It's great. But um, on a contrast, you had a Sugar Ray Leonard once upon a time who would throw all caution to the wind and go after it. So maybe Devin Haney be something in the middle. You know, maybe he'll have that fight, that go after it in him as well as the defensive prowess. So, very excited about that kid. Yeah, I think from the promoter standpoint, with uh, the other side of the young prospect like Shakur Stevenson, uh, I think Al Heyman would have to, you know, keep his phone close to him with a little bit of trouble that that, that Stevenson gets into where you don't see that same kind of uh, uh, issues looming around for Devin Haney. He's got, his, he's got his head on right, man, and the talent's there. And once you put those two things together and, and with a positive backbone coming from the family standpoint, as you mentioned, there could be some big things coming in the future for the dream, man, if he keeps this up. He looked impressive as hell yesterday. I like what I've seen. I like what the, the point that you brought up about the, about the whole family aspect of how things are with this. He, uh, you can tell that this kid has some, some great mannerisms about him. And uh, that's why I was just, I was in, uh, not necessarily in awe, but in applause when I would listen to some interviews that he had and how he talks about, you know, doing things the right way and wanting to get respect the right way and, you know, not cutting no corners, um, not evading anybody for some praise that's, you know, maybe, uh, not, not saying not deserved, but um, just in a different light. He wants win, lose, or draw. And a lot of people that, that are yeah. in the sport, they're so afraid to lose that O. But for him to even just mention it, you know, that just speaks volumes to me. <laughs> you know, he's, he wants he's to ahead of the curve. He's ahead of the he curve. And RC, you're not a father yet, and I'm a father. My two daughters, I have two daughters. Willa has a son. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd go out on a limb and say, man, that's he's the perfect temperament that you want your 20-year-old son to be. Would you agree, Willa? <laughs> Willa's not with us. But, um, no, this Mm. kid seems like he got his head totally on straight. He seems like he knows his career will be over by the time he's 35 years old. You know, man, that's a lot of things these guys don't be knowing. Like, I'm going to be – when you're 20, 35 seems old as shit. But, man, you're going to roll around at 35 and be like, shit, I'm still young. But these guys' career end at 35 most times, so – it's a lot of adulthood left after that. A lot of life to live, so you got to get your get your finances straight so you can, you know, live a comfortable life going forward. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what was man. what and, was that question again, JP? That was my fault. My my son was in here talking nonsense. I'm just saying, uh, Haney's temperament. Now. You being you being like a uh, a father of a young man, you know this kid looks like everything you want your 20-year-old son to be, as, as logical and practical as his thinking seems to be. Is, it, is he like everything you would want your 20-year-old son to be? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he's out here. I, I don't know, you know, as far as his presentation, as far as, you know, the way he represents himself, no, definitely. You know, definitely. I don't know what else he's doing. But, yeah, if I want, if it's him or Shakur Stevenson, you know, I might want him to be more like Devin Haney out there. You know, but yeah, you make a big point. You know, the guys with the fathers say 
the real fathers, they seem they seem to be a little they're a little less emotional. I mean, that's that's all guys. That's uh that's Porter. You know, Porter's getting the you know, even though him and his dad they do get emotional and hug each other after the fight, you know, that's probably that's about as all that's that's about as much emotion you get. You know, Tia Fimo out there with his relationship. That's right, all no, that that's, is I mean, that's an amazing fun. relationship. No, definitely. No, definitely. You need to, you know, as as black men, we do need to show emotion, but we can't be emotional like women. So I agree with you. Like, I, I agree with you 100%. That's why I think I do like this guy. Um, and I think he's the real deal. So we'll see how we'll see how it is. But I could I remember wasn't that you last or last show that was saying that, you know, these father and son things don't work out. Yeah, true, true. Now, now, true that. Um, and I think this will. And uh, see, now the thing about they work out great until this guy reaches stardom. Until we get to the point, I, I think it's those other voices coming along. I remember when it was happening with Shane. It was like Shane, I'm, I, 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 Jack, Jack Mosley. Um, he's brought him as far as he could. You know, uh, Shane needs it. And this is while Shane is going through it with Vernon Forrest. And uh, De La Hoya, and you know Shane was just a, a, a whirlwind before he ran into Vernon Forrest, but and then it gets to the point where even with Cotto, they'll say his dad was not a classic trainer because dad just is coaching that son. It's like you going with your your kid to flag football, me out here with my daughter playing softball, and you just keep mm-hmm. doing it. But you only know what you know how to do. You're not like a guy who has a stable of fighters and you. And this is your job. No, you go to fucking work and come home and do some shit in the backyard with them. And and when they get to stardom, the other voices will start to say. People around the sport will start to say, "Well, maybe uh, Willis bought little Willis as far as Willis can go. He needs to get some professional help, you know." And so that's where the the the, the waves and the you know the thing starts to come into the relationship. And usually, you see dad disappear every time. Dad disappears and some more professional, notarized, uh, more known guy comes in and takes over. But maybe not. Maybe not. You see Ken Porter staying the course. Um, <clears throat> it's a new day. It's definitely a new day for the first time in dec- decades. You know, 30-year-old father is back in the household. So this is this is a new thing, man. And I think I just like the way the kids move. I like how he moves. I like how he handles himself, and I just think that's awesome having that dad being on your ass, making sure you're going to bed at night, making sure your grades is up to par, making sure you're getting a, a good night's sleep. You know, baby mamas don't put kids to sleep for all y'all who don't know out there. If you ever know a chick who's single with children, her kids are up till 12. They eat dinner at fucking 10, 30, and 11. Okay, now, those of us who are fathers, your fucking kids yeah. in the bed by 930. Okay. So it's a difference in all of that shit. So I'm gonna fall back from there. You got it, RC. No, great point, man. And, and I, it wasn't anything for um, me trying to throw shade at Shakur Stevens or anything like that, just to make it clear. But you know, when you, when you, you you see it, you see it. This kid, Devin Haney, is you know he's uh he's a uh, he's miles ahead of kids at his age and where he's at, and you know the the way his outlook is. And everything. Not to say that Shakur Stevenson isn't, but sometimes when you're hanging around the wrong crowd, you know, things happen. He's had his unfortunate uh, circumstances um, in recent, but 
um, you know, I, I really like this kid Haney a lot. And it goes to show also, like, we'll see how far it can go and how how much uh, uh, stardom he can get. But this goes against the stereotypical type of uh, uh, black fighter where it seems to be where Spence and Crawford have both had a little bit of the same um, same deal. I wouldn't call it an issue. Uh, but when it comes to, say, the buffoonery of a fighter, it seems like every every time there's a black fighter with talent, you want to have the Floyd Mayweather effect and talk shit and, and this and that. I mean, Broner, for, uh, you know, the career that he had with his losses and everything like that, the guy still gets uh, great viewership because of the buffoonery. So it's real out there. But with this kid with his hands up, tied on straight and if you looked at the the face off they had at the weigh in, you know, intense stare down, what happened right after? A handshake, pat on the back, consummate profession from both guys, but including Haney himself. He's not chewing gum, glasses on, talking shit to him, you know, a la Broner and Marco Spagnano. You know what I mean? Um oh, I, I like to see it a lot, man, and and we'll see how far he can go along with the starting with this with the uh with the true to himself type of style that he has right now. I like this kid a lot, man, and I think the future's bright. And, and it, he just does what he's got to do, and I, I could see him going a long way, man. Willard, you were saying something? Yeah, I was going to say, man, now, that that's good, and it's great. It's great to be Devin Haney, to be Devin Haney's father. But when you're Eddie Hearn, as good as this guy is, He's probably not going to get you. He's probably not going to get you anywhere close to the money that an Adrian Broner can get you, and that's just sad. And that's just that's just the way it, it is. Yeah. We see, it is. unless he's you know, unless he's that good, and he might be that good. He's still got a lot of time, but you've got to be very special to to capture the American audience. Um, you know, as a just an American fighter, period. Not even a black fighter, just an American fighter, period. How many American fighters do we have that that we are that that is popular in America? We've got well, one, right? We've got one big star in America boxing. That's Wilder. What does Wilder do? He talks nonsense nonstop, right? He You're talks foolery now. Right? Yeah. So it's the foolery of the foolery. He well, talks he also not stop now. He is unconscious. I think most right, importantly, he, he renders people unconscious. No, he does. He That's definitely does. But remember, yeah, uh, yeah when you Keith, do that, Keith Thurman was knocking people. Much of a gimmick. <laughs> no, no, but, Keith but Thurman he did. Ain't no, but y'all gotta understand, like he this. did. Uh, Wilder's been knocking boys out for a long time. He's the more he talks, the more his fan base rises. That's just the that's just the way we're in. The more he's that on true, social media, the more he's on social media, the more he rises. It's it, it, it's a lot about him knocking out. Now people hear him talk, then they see the knockout, then they stay, you know. But they got to see him talk first. Then that's how I, that's how it seems in America. We're but you talk first, okay? You got us in. What are you doing? Okay, you're doing good. We'll we'll ride with you, Haney. Maybe he could be the silent guy. We see Crawford silent. Crawford's doing a little more talking. He's doing a little more being yeah. being seen a little more. Top rank is doing a little more promotion mm-hmm. of. Of Crawford, he's still not doing anything too crazy, but we see he's on social media taking jabs at asking why Canelo won't fight Wilder. But when I, but y'all want me to fight Canelo, 
you know, he's doing a little more. He's getting himself more, but he's not doing any foolery, right? So Devin he, Haney, it's genuine. Gotta, it's genuine with Crawford. Yeah, but who is it's the like, guy? Who is the black guy that is a star that hasn't done any foolery? Who is? Let's guy? talk about it. <clears throat> so yeah. it's the it's, last yeah, pay-per-view yeah. star. Especially, especially a black star was Mayweather, of course. But we have to exclude Mayweather because he was typical hip-hop villain, right? Let's exclude him. So we got to go back to the fucking 80s where you had Sugar Ray, who was the face of the sport, and he was smiling and had a dad, okay? No buffoonery right. yeah. on Wheaties boxes, fucking Colgate commercials. Well, what happened to Mike Tyson? Guy, well, now... So Mike, to me, yeah, let's go to Mike because you're right. Mike, it's the viciousness, you know. It's vicious. Now, vicious crosses all lines too, and that's why I say with Wilder, even because now there's a nostalgia with Mike. Nobody from that time wants to ever say it's like Ali and the people since Ali. Nobody can be better than Ali in boxing. And so with Mike, nobody can just, Leave people unconscious like that. Mike has a story. Oh, give me the, all the old cats. Stick by right now. Maybe she needs to come to the pay per view five at the first round. Like it be over. All of them. That's what they all say. It's over. The fight's over. That's their memory of this shit, you know. And it's a nostalgia attached to it. It's a romantic nostalgia attached to that. Uh, Wilder been a been a slower train coming. Mike probably did that shit within twenty something fights. You already knew. Yeah. Um. This was the, the Wilder's on his forty-something fight, but here's my point here, and I'm getting back to it. Sugar Ray, okay? Mike, crazy villain. Uh, Mayweather, crazy villain. Hip hop villain. Sugar Ray, and this is I go back to this being boxing shooting itself in the foot. They no longer put emphasis on the American boxing Olympics, and in that day, you would even have boxing at your public high school as a PE activity. So I think it's just changed in that sense. And where boxing was, people used to say that the heavyweight champion was more known than the president of the United States. Boxing no longer holds that seat, you know, in society. But I think the Olympic trials, that not being made a big deal of, because that's where Sugar Ray come, that's where Oscar came from, Golden Boys. They were both Golden Boys. And when you have that Golden Boy stigma, I think maybe Andre Ward, or did he get a silver or a bronze? I'm not sure. <clears throat> he was no, yeah, Andre got gold. Our, yeah, yeah, got Andre, gold. Yeah, Andre got gold, yeah. Okay, and Andre came out with a lot of push behind yeah, him. So I think – the emphasis of the Olympic trials and bringing our young fighter in, it's a professional day if you are golden, our uh, gold medal champions, professionals, you get to see him in his first fight. You know, Sugar Ray was, the cameras was with him in his first fight. You know, by Sugar Ray was put fighting his 13th fight against Floyd Mayweather Sr. Y'all got to go fight, watch that fight on YouTube. It's a good fight. Um, but yeah, though, man, uh, that's what I think it is. I think it's boxing shooting itself in the foot. And losing that, and so the, the the black fighter can just come in and be America's champ, rather than having to come in and be this, you know, kind of villain on one degree or another. That's just what I think. No, it's a, it's a good well, point. Yeah, I mean, 
Oh, go ahead, Willis. I agree right. with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but that was the whole point. The things have changed. You know, the 80s, even into the 90s, boxing was a big thing. It's not anymore. So now, in the day and age of social media, um, memes, you've got you've to gotta become a meme. Now, you can, now, you know, Damon Haney can somehow become the, a nice meme, you know, a funny meme, uh, you know, but this is a meme world. He's got to do something. He can't just sit there and just be humble and have no, no kind of, um, you know, humor or no kind of edge to him Earl if Spence he's going to. No, if you people, Earl Spence ain't doing it. Earl Spence is not. Earl Spence is. Earl Spence is fighting on free TV. You see what I'm saying? I mean, Earl but Spence, we think he's doing it. That's the or is he now, doing though. it because he fought Mike? But is he doing it because he? No. Everybody, we've discussed this. Keith Thurman, pay per view. Uh, who else is over? Who else is fighting uh, on this side? Uh, they're all pay per view. Mikey Garcia, he, Danny, Danny Garcia. They're fighting pay per view. So we don't know. We don't know how big Earl Spence is. We're fans of Earl Spence, but, but we don't know if he's using, there yet. You still using pay per view as the as the gauge for success. I don't think it's that no more. That's what Mayweather did to us. Okay, we got spoiled by if you ain't fighting pay per view and doing a hundred million, uh, one point five, you ain't doing nothing. Nobody does them numbers no more. You know, I no, think it ain't the about format the numbers. has changed. I, no, no, I'm not saying it's well, the numbers. The I'm just doing saying they think they can get more money numbers. because you're getting money because they know they can get the money. It's about it's about which one is going to make me more money. People buying this fight, 150,000, 200 people, 200, 300 people buying this fight, or me showing this fight on Fox and getting subscriptions. I mean, and getting yeah, and getting I not really getting uh, right. I, we don't need revenue, but what I do, I, I would probably say that if they're going to make people buy the fight that they can put on free TV, I can put this on free TV if I want. If I'm gonna make y'all buy it, that means these people are big enough that we're gonna make the most money. And I'm pretty sure the pay per view, the pay per view purses are larger than free TV purses. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm sure. Wilder, I mean, fighting uh, Porter, he's getting less money than he would fighting Garcia, and he's probably getting less money than he would fighting Porter on pay-per-view. I'm not saying Smith isn't a star yet. I'm not saying that he isn't a star. I'm just saying we don't have the proof that he is. We're fans of boxing. We see him. I don't know if a lot of people know who Earl Spence is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that yet. So I haven't seen the guy, Andre, you know, I haven't seen the black guy that keeps it keeps it straight edge, and even Earl, Earl and Crawford, they're in that same thing. I I don't think Crawford is a star yet, right? But they're in that same thing where they're more and more they're getting out. You know, their shirts are getting tighter. You know, their their necklaces are getting tighter <laughs> and fatter, and they're and, and they you know they got a little more bling on. They're in, they're on the scene a lot more. They're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. I think they're learning it. I think these guys are learning, and maybe they can pave the way for these. 20, 20 year old guys that are coming up where they can show them the way to not be a fool and make the money. But we have, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they're there yet. They might be. You might be right, JP. I just, I'm seeing if you go from pay per view and then you come off of pay per view to fight a, a big, a big fight, 
Maybe they're just maybe it's contracted that they have to do that. Maybe there's other reasons, but to me, it just seems a little fishy because Mikey Garcia is going back on pay per view. So it just to me, it seems a little fishy. But you might be right. I, I, I don't know for certain either. I do know one of the nuances to making these guys go pay per view a lot of times is the purses you have to pay the fighter. You know, it's not about we know these guys are going to bring in a, a revenue for the promotion. A lot of times it's like, well, shit, man, just to pay these fucks, we got to, you know, make a pay-per-view. So I, I don't know. The, the, the numbers aren't – the numbers are about a third of what they were in the Mayweather area era. When Mayweather was the pay-per-view champ, it was always a million. Man, these dudes, you know, you got to have a super fight to crack a million views on pay-per-view these days. You know, Mayweather was fighting average competition, Victor Ortiz, Robert Guerrero. You know, I think Berto did 900,000, you know what I mean? So you get a pay-per-view mm-hmm. event these days that do nine. You know, you using you got to have Canelo and Triple G to get a million these days. And that's the two most, the two best in the sport, arguably. Maybe if not the best, the most known and, um, you know, in entertaining fighters. One thing we can't judge over is that style does matter, man. And so what I get to with this is that a relative style matters. It's hard to – you know why Mayweather was able to do that? Because his degree of difficulty was the highest. What he sold was, I'm perfect. Mayweather sold perfection. He sold, you can't touch me. And so after a while, people are like, somebody got to touch him. He's, this guy's going to touch This guy, this will be the one. <clears throat> but he sold perfection. And that sales. It's a hard sale, and you got to do a lot, especially when you're not a guy who's going to beat people up. So you got to have a tough-ass mouth to you. Now, if you're a guy that's going in there being destructive, now, like, so Wilder is the argument against what I'm saying because people could say, are Wilder should be way more known. Um, why isn't he? Mike Tyson was able to gain um, sensational status in half the time, in a third the time than the Wilder has. Wilder is still not on the plateau. Tyson was. But, you know, Tyson's coming off Larry Holmes, Muhammad Ali, uh, Michael Spinks. I don't know if that helped prepare, propel him in the stardom faster. Maybe it was just a different day. But I do think if Devin Haney, because the point here is we're talking about Devin Haney, if he can be destructive all while being mystical and, un, you know, being a great defensive guy, but you got to be in there hurting people every time. Otherwise, it's going to be a slow, going to be slow traction to you. Uh, what's his name? Broner. He gained all that notoriety because at 130, man, we all thought that motherfucker was the real deal. He was doing uppercuts when he did that to Eloy Perez, I think the kid's name. Shit, he was sold after that point. He was hurting people. Roy Jones uh, maybe didn't gain the the money he should have gained in his career, but he definitely gained the the notoriety. Roy Jones was talking. uh, I don't know if Roy was more Roy was more known for being sensational than his mouth. You know, you we was looking at Roy's highlights. You know, what Roy gonna do in the ring? He's gonna hurt somebody with some we quick did. ass shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people were 
when when Roy Jones came on ESPN, they would have the knockout, then they would show his interview. Roy Jones got a notoriety from from talking all that shit, from rhyming, from from calling boys out. Roy Jones was a salesman, and but he wasn't with but he wasn't foolery. So there that 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 might with be that the guy. Country slang too. But he might have not. He probably should have got more money than he did. But Roy Jones wasn't really with foolery. He was giving people respect. He was, you know, he was very respectful, but yeah. he was talking shit at the same time. You know, maybe, maybe Haney needs to follow Roy Jones, but is he is he Roy Jones good? Because I think Roy Jones to me is top five all. Hell no, he ain't Roy Jones good. No, he ain't Roy. Nobody yeah, is Roy Jones good. Not. That's God's given athleticism. Um, shit, man, I think you need to just try. Let's try one time to just be Sugar Ray one goddamn time. Can we just smile? Why we gotta do so much goddamn shit? To do, you know, can niggas just smile and say, "Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to jail, and I'm not going to the strip club, and I'm not beating nobody up on camera in a hotel either." That's, that's Andre Ward. That's Tim Bradley. Hey, but that's Andre Ward. That's Tim Bradley. And guess what? They didn't, hurt nobody. Hey, they didn't why, hurt nobody. But check nobody, it out. But, but check it out. I'm, I might be agreeing with that's those two guys, and those two guys are still in the boxing game right now. Sure. And they're smiling, and they're still doing the same thing, but they're doing it on the other side, making a lot of money and keeping their careers going for another 30. Prop. They could do this for 20, 30 more years. So maybe Haney doesn't. Sure. Maybe oh, he yeah. needs to smile and, 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 and talk talk with uh, some intellect and stay down, and then he'll be on the zone for the next 30 years, um, you know, being a commentator. So, you know, maybe he don't have to clown. Sugar yeah, Ray was and, the last one who could fight and hurt people. Mayweather just couldn't hurt nobody. I I I, I believe if Devin Haney could be, uh, if Andre Ward was hurting people, now he hurt Kovalev, you know, but it was a long period, of, and he didn't hurt him in the right type of, if you could, you know, Devin Haney could rack up a few of them what he did last night and get into some tough fights and then hurt somebody, and, and you know, boxing's about uh Storyline and dramatics and all theater. So you know, you Sugar Ray had plenty theater to his career, plenty of it. Duran early on, you know, theater. I don't know, man. It's a lot of elements that make a star, but I think you got a mm-hmm. uphill battle when you're a regular black fighter. But shit, man, let's try to get one, man. Let's try to get one. Hopefully, he can hurt people. Unlike, and I agree with you with Tim and Andre because they're gonna be around, but they just didn't hurt people. But they were both great. But if what if they just was destructive? And maybe Haney has that. I would like to see because Sugar Ray would would hurt you. He he put out Tommy, he put out Hearns in the eleventh round. He was you know Sugar Ray went man. You gotta watch them Sugar Ray Duran fights. Part one is the best one of the best fights you gonna ever see. So I'm telling you, man, that guy would go after it and was a cracker. Different, the difference. And. And just to add on this little final thought before we move along, I don't think that he needs to necessarily take a dive into the deep end and do anything that's out of, uh, you know, his regular characteristics as far as how he he, he handles himself. Uh, Willow brought up Crawford. Crawford's quiet guy back, back what, during his Gamboa run through. He, he would celebrate and have antics, but when it came to the microphone and interviews and things like that, he was quiet, soft-spoken. Next thing you know, he starts picking it up a little bit, a little bit. And, like, the shit that, that Crawford's talking right now, 
it's not outside of the personality that he had, you know, showed us previously. It's just a little bit more turned up, so to speak. But it's very genuine. Like, there's no, I mean, for a a soft example, um, UFC. Now everybody talks shit at press conferences the way Conor McGregor did and made his money. So it kind of gave everyone a blueprint, but it's so, like, out of everyone's characteristics. There are people who weren't, and I don't know these guys at all, but I know that damn well what they're doing and the shit talking that I see sometimes that's on on um, on the internet. It's like, man, that's just wannabe Conor shit, wannabe Conor shit, wannabe Conor shit. He don't need to go outside of his element that far and try to, you know, be someone he's not or, you know, whatever. Just, just turn it up a little bit, just a little bit. Um, you know, Crawford's doing pretty good for himself. He could, could he do better? Sure, but he's not going outside, and it doesn't tell me that the stuff that Crawford's talking right now is not Terrence Crawford. It's, uh, you know, the the push from the, the, the powers that be or the promotion or whatever, whatever. I, it, I really genuinely believe this is how Crawford feels, and so he's just being a little more vocal about it now. That's that and, mama. Uh, Haney, he raised by his mama. That, that little bit of extra sass and that extra little shit that, that kind of turns him on. <laughs> Ain't no daddy. But he hates his mama. If you hate your mama, she might <laughs> yeah, that's her. probably as closest to a daddy that you get that you can get without having one, I would say. Oh man, you that bitch is mama. so cringeworthy, man. I she make me ashamed to be black when they had that bitch on TV. <laughs> I don't know why why is they doing us like this with this crazy woman talking about you know I was I was cringing dog. The shit's terrible. Yeah, that's a strange relationship that they they got, man. Oh man, um, but all in all, man, hell of a performance by Haney. Um, and you know, we'll see what happens with the powers that be. Because I mean, when it comes to how we're talking about the fathers that are the trainer and and things like that. I mean, we just seen Gennady Golovkin get a hundred million dollar deal from the zone, and I don't know if it was him that wanted to part ways with uh, was it um was uh I can't think of his Sanchez. name right now. Triple, G- yeah, it, Sanchez. When he had got rid of Sanchez, who's been together for so long, I don't know if that was Gennady Golovkin wanting to get someone better, or was that the you know, Eddie Hearn effect, look, we'll get you this deal. Get rid of this fucking Abel Sanchez guy. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll go from there. So the, the business always comes up and the money always talks. And it, it'll be interesting to see how far along. You know, you don't always have the father and son combo that, that go the whole way. Like Sean and Kenny, Floyd and Floyd Sr., Danny and Angel. You, it, I mean, we'll see how far along this goes. I mean, uh but I'm a big fan of Devin Haney. I like the kid a lot. I mean, if it were up to me, would I give him a little nudge to be a little bit more outspoken? Probably. But if he doesn't, that's fine. That's fine as well. It, it, it just goes back to the point. We don't need to be buffoons to make money and get viewership, even though sometimes, you know, it'll boost you. It'll boost you up. But as long as he stays true to himself and puts on performances like we seen yesterday – I think he'll be just fine, man. I think he'll be just fine. But uh, moving along, we uh, brought up Terrence Crawford, a guy who was also in attendance yesterday. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, Willow was talking about the shirt. That shirt was 
I don't think that we'd ever see Bud Crawford wearing something like that two or three years ago. <laughs> you know, uh, that was that was loud. I liked it. I liked it. Um, but yesterday, you had uh, uh, Masayoki Ito as listed A-side uh, and champion against Jamel Herring. Military man that we have seen. I believe he was at the uh, Jose Ramirez uh, fight when he had fought on the under before Ramirez, I think two years ago, something like that. But, um, man, I was watching the fight. And, and at first, it didn't look like this one was going to go to the cards, man. These guys were landing some shots. I mean, and and I know that it was a unanimous decision, and I had it probably so much so as that. But uh, Masayoka Ito, you know, that, I've seen a little bit of craftiness from that guy. Usually the Asian fighters that come over here and suffer a, a tough decision loss and things like that, the, you know, they got the Nahito Alakara who, uh, you know, has a similar style to Ruslan Provotnikov where, you know, these guys got a, a hard-ass head on them to take a good shot but give a little one-two back. Yesterday I seen Mr. Yuka Ito giving uh, a one, and then the second would be a feint just to get in that 3-4 well, as soon as he was able to close some distance. I didn't expect to see that from him yesterday. So, there was, I mean, there was flashpoints in that fight where both guys were taking some big shots, oozing all to the small little attendance that it was. But I think it was a pretty entertaining fight. I was really surprised it went to the cards uh, when I first started watching the fight. But, um, you know, hats off to Jamal Herring. That was a, that was a great performance by him uh, against a game, a game competitor, you know, opposition right there. Um, it was a, this is one of the fights that we thought that could have been, you know, the best fight um, as far as competition was. And I think that one is probably, um, it came true to fruition, I think. It was a really entertaining fight back and forth. Uh, I liked what I've seen. And then, you know, given the holiday weekend and things like that, a fitting ending to what was, I'm sure, a grueling preparation and, and thanks for Jamel Harry. And, I mean, great performance. Picked him up a WBO title and they're looking at um, other big opportunities next for him. Well, uh, I, I like this fight a lot, man. Um, as soon as I put it on, uh, it was right after the, the the Raptors game had ended. So I caught on like midway throughout the first uh, the first round. So, you know, I don't know if they had a big intro. I know you said that my cousin was singing the anthem or something like that, which I didn't get to see any of that stuff. So, your jokes had no effect on me, but highly entertaining fight nonetheless. What did you think about this performance yesterday from both fighters? Because it was a back and forth. I think I don't think it was as one sided as as some people might let it to believe. Well, you know, being the only guy that called this fight right, I want to start at the beginning. Now, before I say that, you might say Willa. You know, you said that Ito was going to watch this guy. But, you know, let me get into the story to explain exactly how I knew what was about to happen. So, <laughs> Ito comes out. I, I'm looking at him. They go, they go, to, they go to the little, the little – where they go backstage before the fight, and he's doing his warm-up. And he's warming up, and he's got a gavel in his left hand. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is that a gavel? Like, all right, what? Why does this guy got a gavel? All right, I'm looking. Like, okay. Then they say his nickname is the Judge. 
I'm like, the judge? Oh, no. I don't know if I can... I don't know what I, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna go for this guy. I'm looking. Mm. Then they go to Jamel Herring's story, right? Jamel Herring, he's story. He comes in. He uh, went to war. Uh, he 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 was a marine. He came back. His uh, his newborn daughter is born, and then she dies like at the house of SIDS. I think it's called some crazy like disease. So he like has his daughter. He's trying to give her mouth to mouth and his baby and he you know he has this tremendous story and i you know you remember to why you like this guy because you know I, I can't remember exactly what fight it was but we got to see his story we got to see him coming uh you know and you and he was with bud crawford and you felt like he liked this guy <laughs> so they show that they play the anthems you know this has nothing to do with what I, who i was choosing but they play the anthems they play the the japanese anthem i think and uh you know, they have no words. It's an instrumental. Then they got this little Puerto Rican guy with, like, this little baby mustache. And I thought, you know, he just, I thought maybe that could have been your cousin. He does an excellent job mm. on the, uh, on, <laughs> I think it might have been the baby stash. It was like a like a 12-year-old stash almost, but he was a grown man. But it was like, uh, he did an excellent job. And I, and I text the guys, I was like, hey, I'm changing my pick. Heron's about to, you know, I didn't say how he was going to win, but I felt Heron was about to give this guy the good, and he did. <clears throat> you know, Heron, he's not that great. I don't know if he's great, but uh, Ito was very, you know, he was one-dimensional in there. He he was a one-handed puncher, and the guy that boxes <clears throat> can get him. Uh, he, Ito hit Heron with some good shots. Heron ate, ate him. He might have been buzzed like once or twice, but – you know, I might have gave Ito three rounds, man. It was um, it was almost a Washington there. And after getting over the fact that the guy I like Ito, and I hate to see him get washed like that, but Heron looked real good in there. He was just boxing the whole time. It wasn't. It was a good fight because Ito was coming. Heron was doing a lot of you know check check hooking, scooping him down. Um, it was it was a pretty good fight. It was very entertaining. Both of these guys, I don't think, are elite. Uh, I thought maybe Ito could have been elite, but he's not. But Heron, I believe, is the better fighter every day over Ito from what we saw. I think he beats him. If they had a rematch, he beat him again. Um, it was damn near easy work. Uh, Ito, he let down his, uh, he let down Japan, and he let me down. I don't know. He's got the Mexican trainer. But the Mexican trainer couldn't tell, you know, I don't understand what the hell he was doing. It was horrible. Ito, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes out the little small sword, you know, the little sword, and jabs it into his gut. Don't, don't, you know, figuratively, 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 (laughs) to what he did. To Japan, because you know that was a washing. That was almost like Gary Russell. Like, if I was Japanese, that would almost be like almost because Gary Russell looked a little worse. But that's how I would feel. At least Ito was coming. You know, Ito never gave up, but his skills was just so. It was like it was like it was like uh yeah, it, exactly. So that was good. Hey, I'm 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 proud of Harry. Uh, I'm glad that uh. That the Crawford camp, uh, what's my man's, what's his trainer's name? Um, 
Uh, B-Mac, glad he has another oh, champion. Bo-Mac, yeah, Bo-Mac. I'm glad he has another champion out there, you know. So maybe he is an elite trainer. We'll see. Um, you know, shout out to their crew. They did it. Heron, great job. We'll see what he can do in the division. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, man. I like the action of it, and as far as the not giving up aspect and the fighting kept coming for. And funny you mentioned, um, you know, one-handed puncher. Asian guy, one-handed puncher, kind of like Takashi Miura against Miguel Burchelt that I was talking about. Uh, also a guy who was in attendance, right? Was that was that the same fight when Miguel Burchelt was in the audience with his little WBC belt-looking watch? Looking real funny. I don't know. Yeah, that was, was uh, yeah, so he wanted... Coach. Yeah, he said he called out Heron. They mm-hmm. were both very respectful, but Heron didn't just say, "Hell yeah." Yeah, he wants to enjoy. He wants to enjoy that little, the having that title around his waist for a little bit, man. Which he should. Yeah, I'm not mad. Yeah, which he should. He should get one fight. Yeah, get you one fight in. You get the you know, and then it's time to unify. Yeah, yeah. Get him a little a little hometown fight where I'm not sure where the. Uh, the base is somewhere in, you know, Virginia or something like that. Get him a little a homecoming no, title on base somewhere or something like that. Oh, you said he's from Omaha as well. Okay. That's okay. All right. Well, you yeah, know, I think he's from Nebraska. Oh, no, no, he might be from Ohio. He said Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't know where. I'm lying. I don't know where he's from. Well, nonetheless, it was a damn good performance yesterday. Entertaining fight. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see how, how things move out next. But I definitely think he should get himself a little, uh, you know, get him a little little pick-me-up fight of his choosing before he gets in there with a guy like Burchell. So we'll see how that works out. Um, JP, you were with us on a, uh, when we were texting and all that stuff yesterday. Did you by chance get to see uh, my cousin, Willa, called out that was singing the national anthem? I missed that part. <laughs> and then what was your thoughts on this fight yesterday? Didn't get to see that part. Didn't see that part, but it sounds like it was a Reekin with a one of them little mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Willis sometimes, man. We just talked about this fight, man. It was a, it was an entertaining fight yesterday. I liked it. It was really good for me to come off the basketball game that was intense, and then going straight into this fight because you know there wasn't too much dancing around each other here. These guys are putting the paws on each other. Well, shit, Herring definitely falls under the umbrella of them type of fighters we was just talking about that's going to be kind of a hard sell. And I think is he got a good story behind him. He got this American story. But uh, my only criticism of Herring, before I get to all the praise, <clears throat> is that ah, what's going to make you a hard sell is because you didn't go after it. There was, at the ninth round, 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere in there, we should have felt Herring go after it and throw 20 punches somewhere, you know, put some heat on this guy. But he was super content, super content, and just getting a cool little UD. He didn't, you know, now, and that's the difference of what we just talked about, uh, dudes who go after it and dudes who don't. Um, I don't know just how good Herring is. He looked good last night. Um, Ito, you know, Mexican style. I always say those Asian fighters they hella Mexican style. They just got a little more quicker twitch about themselves. But they they definitely one-dimensional. They come in to bring it. They come forward. Not a lot of tricks up the sleeve. Um, 
But Herring, you know, fought well, stayed disciplined, looked like he was able to just keep this dude at bay and kind of mystify him with the jab. Um, he started to throw, I think, maybe the left. Well, I don't know if he's left-handed. I think he might have been left-handed, right? Um, started to throw the right yeah. hand out, the left hand out there. Started to throw the left hand you know, every now and again behind the jab. But I felt he could have did that more. He could have, you know, really put some leather on him and really impressed. But he just didn't cross that line. He wouldn't cross that line. And that, to me, may be what he is and why a guy like Burchelt may be able to get him up out of there or definitely get the W because Herring may be one of them dudes that don't cross that line, you know, because last night, you know, in basically his showcase to the world, he had this dude beat. He had him figured out, just going, turn, keeping this dude going right and just, you know, turning off the right hand. He had him beat, and he had him figured out by the third or fourth round. <clears throat> that said, by the ninth, tenth round, you, you got the bag, you got the rounds in the bag. Why not, you know, give us something? Why not go after it a little bit? He started to mix it up on the inside and show his inside fight game. But I felt he could have stepped back, gave him some, you know, pieced him up a little bit. But he didn't, you know, and he left some some meat on the bone. He left some food on the table. So that's all I'm Mm -hmm. saying. Um, I, I like Herring. He looks good. I don't know how good he is because I feel like anybody who come in there and able to get around that jab is going to really make him start to have to work. Because he's super content behind that jab, but man, people gonna get around that. You're gonna have to have a little more, you know, that check that check right gonna have to be there more often. And with a lot of more shit gonna have to be there. So you know, hey, we'll see. It's gonna be fun and I I'm interested to see how long he hold on to that belt. Yeah, um I you know, hats off to him and his performance. But yeah, he did leave a little bit there. You know, you could have I like how you said cross that line too. You know, it's it's really good. It's a really good phrase. Uh, I, I like it. it. It comes. It means it means a lot too. You know, um, want to get over there and, and step into that unknown. Well, who knows? I might get caught, or you might catch them with something. You know, fascinating, captivating, replay worthy wise, internet type shit. You know, and that buzz that can you know get you propel your name out there more so than just a, a washing of a fight and picking up a W. And, you know, going on, everybody packing their bags and getting home. So uh, it, it was a it was a really good performance yesterday. Um, I thought that um, you know when you got opposition that was in front of you like Miss Yucky Ito, you you get a chance to you know it's it's a uh, it's almost like batting practice sometimes for an elite level fighter. If you get in the in the ring with a guy like that, you know I mean shit. We've seen John Molina Jr. look like he's got boxing skills when he was in the ring with Gustav Provotnikov. If you got a if you got a guy that's willing to come at you like that, it's time to put some punches together, work on some shit that you probably can't work on with a guy who's got a lot of skills and gonna make you look silly from missing sometimes. Didn't take advantage of that. So that was a good point you brought up. You, you know, you got you got the perfect dance partner to do some stuff that you normally can't do with that you damn sure not gonna be able to do it against a guy like Bachel. So, you know, a little bit of a missed opportunity, but nonetheless picking up the strap and having himself a nice little send-off, you know, sending home uh, ceremony with the with the troops and all that good stuff. It was really good for TV, especially fitting for the weekend and all that good stuff. But uh, 
good performance. Where he goes next, we'll see. But Marcel is definitely uh, on the foreseeable future for him. So that would be something to keep an eye on. But, um, you know, moving on, fellas, uh, we didn't get to get to uh, the subject I'm going to bring up right here on Wednesday's show because we, you know, time restrictions, whatever, whatever, we got cut a little short. And uh, deep down inside I was giggling because this was a pretty good topic that a lot of us really didn't get a chance to talk about, but it was pretty big for uh, viewership and, you know, speaking of pay-per-view and things of that nature. But I'm talking about Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao. Uh, Keith Thurman. Now, we talked about being genuine and something that is out of characteristics. Keith Thurman, to me, obviously he's turning it up to sell the fight and things like that. And maybe I'm wrong because he might just be that corny of a guy. But, you know, at the press conference, he's talking about, you know, I, I, I'm not mad at what he said at first about he wants to do to Manny Pacquiao what Manny Pacquiao did to Oscar De La Hoya back in 2008, something like that, whatever it was, retire him. Um, but the part where he missed me on where, you know, he says, you know, that, that little bunny hops and uh, he hips and hops, and I'm not talking about two pots, but, but I was like, just shut up, you, you fucking hippie. That was like, it was just so corny of like, you know, the media, of course, of course, the people who love to get their media credentials and like the catering and getting the free food and shit like that, of course, they're going to giggle at every little thing that they could sniff coming off a mile away as a joke. Everyone laughed at that shit. Me watching it, it made me cringe a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, it made me win. I didn't, I didn't like that. It was kind of corny. Um, but, yeah people there taking some last word. I don't know how the public perceptive is or perception is of Keith Thurman's mic skills. And then even when he had a face off with Manny Pacquiao, I mean, the guy's eyes are just about to bug out of his head for one second, like trying to intimidate Manny Pacquiao. And, um, you know, I believe that Keith Thurman is genuine because he does have that weirdo in him a little bit. He's a weird dude, you know, um, you know, he plays the flute with an Indian sal in the middle of the grass. And, you know, he's, uh, part-time Punjabi. Um, uh, he's a strange guy. But when it comes to, you know, that fight time where Keith Thurman's, a, uh, you know, in that battle mode, you know, that little eye-bugging thing that he did with Pacquiao, yeah, that that, that reminds me of a genuine Keith Thurman. Uh, you know, when he, when he had um, the fight with Danny and he comes into the way and, you know, braids out, hair everywhere, looking like a, a, a untamed just animal ready to fuck shit up, talking crazy. That's the, that's the other weird part about Keith Thurman that is genuine. But uh, the other day he was doing a press conference, or this was actually just a media call. He said that when asked, uh, if Manny Pacquiao beats you, will you retire? He said, Probably. Probably. I definitely have to think about it. <laughs> and, you know, it's getting it's getting headlines and things like that. Um, you know, Keith, I, I'll go to JP. Keith, uh, Keith is being very respectful, but I, I'd say he's being very respectful, regardless of these things, he's going to kick Pacquiao's ass and this and that. 
you know, you got to be confident and you got to say these things and respectfully so. And, you know, it's the fight game at the end of the day. I like what Keith Thurman's saying. I don't like some of the things he's saying. But nonetheless, this Keith Thurman, Manny Pacquiao thing, um, it's kicking off in full effect, man. And uh, uh, we think that Keith Thurman's going to beat Manny. I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement with that one. But are we buying for any second, any point of the time that if Manny Pacquiao, hell, let's just say all things being considerable, let's say if Manny Pacquiao, we think he'd get hurt by Jose Cito Lopez. Imagine if Pacquiao gets him hurt like that. And, you know, we know Pacquiao, when he gets the guy hurt, going to put some combinations on him. And maybe he stops him or maybe Keith just survives as he's done before and loses a fight, a close fight. Who knows? Are we buying the fact that Keith Thurman might actually retire if he loses to Manny Pacquiao? Like I said, man, Keith's got by far the most to lose here. Manny's Manny's legend is etched in stone. Manny's a top 30 to 20 Mm -hmm. fighter all time as we speak, win, lose, or draw. Doesn't matter. He has 70-plus fights. Keith has all to lose here. See, Manny has the most to gain. That's the that's the crazy thing about this fight. People think, oh, Keith's getting that Pacquiao fight. Man, it don't matter. Panny, Manny shit is etched in stone. Keith, on the other hand, if he loses to Manny, you know, what happens to Keith? He just lost to a 40-year-old. That allegedly is small and doesn't yeah. punch as hard anymore. That's lost a step. But if he beats Manny, you just beat a 40-year-old who's lost a step, who's already a legend, and yeah, it was cool, but you, you essentially you're Larry Holmes who beat Muhammad Ali. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Essentially, it, it doesn't matter. You're, you'll always be that. And so, but if Manny beats Keith, this propels Manny into, like, top ten conversation, if you ask me. Manny has had a, a, a second or third birth of his career. You got to understand, man, Manny Pacquiao was fighting Antonio Barrera. This is two eras ago of boxing. Everybody, <laughs> from, Manny Ac- about, man. everybody from Manny Ac- Manny Pacquiao's class, every single one of them are gone. This nigga should get the Luke Gehrig's or the Lifetime Achievement Award. Like, this is a something you ain't going to never see fighting at this level still after all them real wars. You remember them Eric Morales? We had three of them shits. Mar Marquez. Oh, yeah. this, this man has had a storied career in fighting Keith Thurman at this point of his career. Man, you, you'll never see this. I don't know anybody that I can think of who who's ran through the top in, in that generation's era Because when when Eric Morales And Antonio Barrera Was the top of their era He fought them The next era mm-hmm. You could say was Manuel Mel Marquez And Floyd Mayweather He fought them The next then now we have this era You're fighting Keith Thurman Who's one of the best welterweights of this current era That's three generations you know, and I didn't think he'd get to this third one. Y'all know how I was feeling about it initially. Like, man, he should not, he should be looking at Mayweather or Marquez. That's it. I couldn't fathom it. But we're here now. Um, just beat up Adrian Broner pretty soundly and with ease. So Keith Thurman didn't look so great in his fight. So there's some things to consider. But, uh, man, I'm just, 
to, to, to think Manny Pacquiao can pull this off. And, and I do think that's a possibility. I do think it's, right now it's about 70-30 in favor of Keith for me. But that's 30% Pacquiao's win. Yeah, and I think Manny, Manny has a chance. Um, I, I just I got to see it. I, I haven't seen Manny versus a bigger guy like this in a long time. Um, I don't think this is a this is a really big play. Like, you can tell the difference. Keith is a lot bigger than Manny too. This is not a small yeah. height, like small size differential. This is a big difference, man. So my my kind of technical breakdown is I haven't seen anyone be able to handle Manny. Now you can attack Manny, but to control him now Mayweather is all about control, and Mayweather was so hesitant in that fight. Because Manny seems very hard to tame, to lasso, to corral. You know what I mean? Like, if you remember that fight, Mayweather was like was super. Like, you know, Mayweather don't throw a lot of punches in the first place. Man, he mm-hmm. was like, you know, just trying to, you know, make sure this guy is contained. In every sense, you know, you've never really seen anyone. You know, Juan Marquez got that knockout, but man, Manny Pacquiao was rearranging that boy's face before that. You know what I mean? Just very, couldn't contain Yeah, him. very much so. I mean, tearing the shit to shreds. I was like, you going to kill this man. You know what I mean? And, uh, and ever since, you know, even Jeff Horn, he might have got the victory. I don't think he won it. But uh, you still couldn't Crossing contain that line, Manny Pacquiao. As you say, that's, uh, that's what Pacquiao did in that fight with Marquez, like you like to call it, crossing that line. He definitely crossed the line. And, oh, yeah. You he's know. a habitual line stepper. Yeah. That's why he's a legend. <laughs> He's a habitual line stepper. He's a legend. That nigga stay crossing the line, but that's why he a legend, and that's why we all love him. See, when you when you mm-hmm. a habitual line stepper like that, like he is, man, ain't no racial shit attached to you. You just a warrior. You just a legend, and that's what that's what really resonates with us, you know. Right. Right. So, yeah, Manny Pacquiao, man, I would love to see. I'm gonna be pulling for Manny. I actually think he got some action in this thing. We are gonna see if Keith be able to get Manny's pace because Manny gives you a different tempo than anybody else. He's not quite as bouncy as he used to be, but that left hand is still slick and sneaky and it lands against anybody. You know, it's still it's still gonna come. That same one two is coming. Now, if that can buzz Keith, yep. he's going to be in a world of trouble. But you know it's coming. That motherfucker's coming down the pipe. And Manny's gotten craftier at landing it. He's gotten better at landing oh, it. Oh, yeah. So well, when, uh, what round was it? That he, what, what, what round was that? I think it was seven or, or nine where Bronner felt that, that sneaky hand right down the pipe that buckled him in that fight. I mean, he's still Tell got him. it. He's very crafty. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm I'm pulling for Manny, boy. This to me puts Manny. You know, Manny is arguably probably already ahead of, definitely probably ahead of Mayweather in all-time rankings. But this put Manny up there. You know, we we talking about them, them crazy names at this point, motherfuckers. You know that you gotta just leave it in. Like I guess he's right, Henry Grubb, and you know he must be great. You gotta get up there with them motherfuckers you hear about. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, man. I've always been a Manny Pacquiao fan. I like the guy's style. And, um, you know, uh, the exception where you don't have to, you know, it doesn't necessarily apply to Asian fighters. You know, Asian fighters are, you know, 
you know, for everyone likes the Asian guy, you know, Jackie Chan, things of that nature, you know, they was able to have a great career with being, you know, a smiling, silent assassin who just spoke with his hand. Line step for the fans' pleasure. And, you know, he's on Undisputed talking about how this fight is, you know, an action-packed fight that he wants and, you know, it would be great for the people. And it's, it's, and it's always been cliche for Pacquiao to talk about for the people, what the people, blah, 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 because Bob Aram was basically running him like a puppet. But um, I really believe Pacquiao, I mean, you know, when he talked about either Thurman, Spence, or Crawford, I was like, he's out of his fucking mind. There's no way he's going to get in the ring with any of those guys. And then when this guy announced, it's just like, you know, hands up in the air type of a shrug. Like, let's see what this old man got, man. <laughs> we'll see what this old man got, man, because this is, this is crazy. When I've seen the size difference of these guys at the press conference, I'm just like, man, it, it's, it's somewhat reminisced to me the Margarito fight with Manny Pacquiao, how much bigger he was than him. It's not that same effect. Margarito was a big ass Mexican, but but I mean Keith Thurman just you know he <laughs> this big size difference for little Manny Pacquiao. We're talking about a guy who was fighting that featherweight, you know, at the start of his career, coming all the way up to being where he's at right now. He's always going to be the smaller guy in the fight, you know. But um, man, if if he could still continue to do what he does. He ain't A-level Pacquiao no more, but he's probably a damn near close to a B-plus Pacquiao that we've seen um, as of recent. But, uh, Willa, this whole this whole Keith Thurman talk's getting a little it's, – he's, he's turning on the buffoonery meter here with this Pacquiao stuff. But uh, some things I like, some things I don't. But he's talking about if Manny Pacquiao – well, when he was asked by one of the reporters, if Manny Pacquiao beats you, will you retire? He said, probably, probably. I have to think about it. And he's already been on record saying after Pacquiao this year, no more fights in 2019. Got to take a break. But, um, I mean, are we buying the fact that Keith Thurman might actually contemplate retirement if he loses this fight to Manny Pacquiao? Yeah, I think he might. I think he might contemplate it. But uh, he's not going to do it. Uh, Keith Thurman is uh you know he's at, at the prime if if we see a b plus manny pacquiao which i doubt it that he has a a great chance i don't know if this is b plus pacquiao beating adrian broner i think oh you know b plus pacquiao might sleep adrian broner so i don't, I don't know if, i don't think we get b plus pacquiao but pacquiao is if we do keith thurman could could see a tough tough fight that he might that he might lose in the cards you know Pacquiao's pretty good, man. I wouldn't say, you know, JP said something about him being rated ahead of Mayweather. He he, he went over there real quick. And Manny Pacquiao has accomplished way more in the boxing game than, than Mayweather has. You would think that that would be the case, that he should be rated above him. But he's still the only, the only and crying. Weight classes. Right. But he's still crying for the Mayweather fight, letting me know that he himself feels that he's under Mayweather and he needs to avenge that. So I'm not going to give a, like, like Sam likes to say, uh, I'm not going to give a man respect that he doesn't respect himself. Yeah. If, if we know, I'll know Manny Pacquiao <laughs> wants to fight that bad. He can't be ready above Mayweather, but to Keith Thurman, man, Keith Thurman's probably going to watch this guy. We're looking at a, a, probably a C plus Manny Pacquiao 
B minus Manny Pacquiao, and we're looking at a watch. I don't think, you know, this is you say it's buffoonery, but I think it's just not. It's not buffoonery. It's just corny, corniness. The corniness of uh, it's very corny. Keith Thurman. Yeah, he's a corny dude, and you know, but he's a he's a top ranked fighter, and I think him not being, I don't, I guess because of his layoff and he got hurt, but you know, he should be. He's a top five pound for pound boxer you know, as far as resume in the game right now. Um, and, you know, I'm happy. I'm not, I, like you said, I wasn't really, I didn't think Manny was going to take any of these fights. So I'm interested to see what we've got. If we get if we get a B-plus Manny out there, we're going to get a hell of a fight. Uh, and if Thurman gets beat by B-plus Manny, you know, he probably needs to think about retiring because he's not, he can't beat. Danny Garcia again. He probably can't beat, you know, he can't beat any of these guys again after he if he gets whooped by an old guy like that. So he might want to think about retirement, but I he probably won't retire. He's still in the prime of his career. So, you know, I'm sort of as the fight builds up, you know, as Manny gets his nice guy, hey, everything's good, yeah, you know, his thing and Keith Thurman, you know, as, as the protagonist talking noise and you know saying what he's gonna do, but at the mm-hmm. same time showing respect. To Manny Pacquiao, you know, I'm getting more and more hyped for the fight, so we'll see how it goes, press conferences yep. and everything. But uh, yeah, but we all we all know Keith Thurman is one time, and that and it's not because of his punching anymore; it's because of the time he fights a year. So he's, I think, this is his second fight this year, <laughs> right? So, so he gave us more than one. So yeah. you know, we can't respect too much more than that. So I'm not mad at him for saying he ain't gonna fight. Yeah. Ain't nothing new. I think the only reason I would kind of believe it that he would probably look a little more heavy than than contemplated retirement is let's say he does lose to Manny Pacquiao. We don't even have to be a knockout. Let's say he loses decision to Pacquiao, but he looks a little sloppy. He looks bad. That'll be his last two performances. Him almost getting stopped by Josecito Lopez, and then losing to Pacquiao. That'd be an ugly two. I mean, even though he won against Josecito Lopez, he almost got stopped got hit pretty bad in that fight and then to to come off a loss to a 40 year old Manny Pacquiao who is you know a part-time boxer because he's a uh, works with the senate over in the Philippines that would be something to definitely keep into consideration for Keith Thurman to look at man Manny Pacquiao or uh look at the division Sean Porter Sean Porter Danny Garcia is coming off of uh, a fantastic performance against a guy who's never been stopped uh, Earl Spence is still there, you know. Now I got Terrence Bud Crawford trying to bully me on Twitter. There, there's some serious sharks in the water for Keith Thurman that to have no choice but to have a great performance and beat Manny Pacquiao. Because if he doesn't, I mean, these guys are already smelling blood in the water with Keith Thurman. He has to look impressive. He has to do good in this fight with Manny Pacquiao. Because if he doesn't, man, it ain't no easy task for uh, trying to. Uh, uh, you know, maneuver his way around the welterweight division. Um, you know, this it, it definitely. I don't know. I just want to see some of that Keith Thurman we've seen uh, against Sean Porter, the Keith Thurman we've seen against Danny Garcia, the Keith Thurman we've seen against guys who, you know, he, he was putting them heavy paws on. I want to see that guy, but we'll we'll see how this whole thing works out, man. Um, uh, oh, next topic. Look, man. I know that people might be thinking I'm a hater and shit like that. 
Uh, but you know, you <laughs> you could call me Mister Humanitarian. I like to look out for others as much as I look out for myself. As I mentioned many times when I talk about this fighter coming forward, and <clears throat> in the sports world, you had a guy like Tyreek Evans, former Sacramento Kings guard, long ago driving over a hundred and miles an hour, I believe, getting arrested. You had number 84 over in Oakland, JP's guy, driving a little reckless. You had Lamar Jackson earlier this year on Instagram driving about 90 miles an hour, I believe, in his car going, and he took a lot of shit from it. A lot of people gave him, you know, a lot of shit about that and things of that nature. But then we take it to Saul Canelo Alvarez. This guy is doing his best impersonation of, or not even an impersonation. Maybe he's just, you know, campaigning himself for a, a Mexican or a Spanish Fast and Furious type of a role in an action movie. This guy is driving his Lamborghini going about 180 miles an hour as it was in fifth gear. Now, we know those cars can go up to six gears and have some serious heat on them. But Canelo Alvarez is one tire rod breaking, one malfunction on any one of the, the, the springs or the system involved with the front end of the vehicle. There's been bugs, and, and that's why there's a thing called recalls on some of these cars where, you know, you might have got a, a, a bad part, a bad apple put into the tree that gets taken out and replaced. Now, I'm not, I mean, it's a Lamborghini, so I'm guessing it's only Canelo and his passenger rider. But you got Canelo going on speeds upwards of 150 miles per hour. Guess what? If there's a, a a big rock in the road or something, anything that could blow out a tire, speeds at that rate of a lost control vehicle, ejections are just, it's physics. And this guy is driving out of control. You know how people have those memes? No, okay, so no one, dot, 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 people who drive Hondas at 3 a.m. in the morning, I am speed. You know, the little race car uh, from the Pixar movie, I forget what it's called, Cars, but uh, it's like, no, and then Canelo, as slick as he is, shrewd operator that this guy is, he turns off his comments. I don't follow Canelo, so I got sent this by somebody, and I looked at it. And I was immediately going to read the comments. I said, oh, shit, the comments are deactivated. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, a guy who he never allows comments on his shit. So I go to Canelo's other pictures, other picture, other picture, other picture. All the comments are available on the other ones. But what he tells me by deactivating comments on that is, I know I'm doing wrong. I don't care. And I don't want to hear any of your guys', uh, you know, uh, gentrified opinions about things that I should or shouldn't be doing. But the fact of the matter is, is that this guy is driving out of control and putting not only himself, the face of the boxing game, in jeopardy, but also the bystander, well, not a bystander, but the, but, the, but the person with him accommodating him, recording this, just outlandish speed. Uh, if I, I'm, if I, wish, I wish I could be a highway patrol for one minute. <clears throat> 
driving ridiculous and putting not only himself but the passenger that's with him in danger of the what-if scenario. Luckily for them both, everything's okay. But in a multi-universe, different dimension, different things happen, who knows? I would hate to wake up in the morning and see that that Canelo got into a a high-speed just accident from himself or because of a malfunction on the vehicle and us lose the face of the sport because he wants to do a cool little 20-second video on Instagram. The clout chasing is getting ridiculous. And Willa, I do not approve of this at all. And I think that the WBC or somebody in the boxing commission needs to hand out a hefty fine to this guy. He needs to be more careful and driving the way he's doing and putting it for public display. Uh, when Lamar Jackson did it, he just did a little quick little 10-second video for Snapchat. This guy, Canelo, is, I mean, look, I'm pretty sure he's got enough money to go rent out a racetrack. You can drive as crazy as you want, as long as you want, as many laps as you want. Me and you, we can do that. But this guy's driving, who knows? Maybe a car's coming at the end of that tunnel or, or whatever. This guy's driving out of control, being nothing but unprofessional, and I don't like it. And I'm curious to see as if you give some sort of defense for this guy, being the public defender that you are, the Ministry of Defense of Canelo and, 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 and this guy that, you know, is your boy. But what he's doing is utterly ridiculous on Instagram, Willa. And I had to bring this one a topic because – the three names that I listed before Canelo all got shit for what they did. And what do they all have in common? I don't know. Might be the skin complexion. But Canelo should be getting some shit for this one because what he's doing was times two, times three, maybe four compared to all those other three names that I had listed. And I don't hear a peep from anybody that's handing out any kind of fines for Canelo Alvarez. This, this is a, a subject that's a little bit outside of boxing, but it's still in boxing. What was your thoughts? I, 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 I'm, I'm really interested to see what you thought about this video I had sent you guys of Canelo driving out of control. Well, you know, first of all, you know, you're bringing up the multiverse like you, it's Spider-Man or something. You know, Canelo, nothing happened. Um, second of all, the difference between Canelo and all those guys that you named, there's a lot of differences. You know, you're saying that he was going – three, four, five times faster, but he probably has got, you know, 10, 20, 30 times the money. Secondly, he's Mexican. He's not American. He doesn't play by these foolish rules that we have. Also, he was out there in Paris. Yeah, he was out there in Paris, right? So he's out there, I think, in Paris or something like that. And he's he's going down a, a tunnel where it seems like there's nobody there, right? There's nothing. He's going fast, as fast as hell. We don't mm-hmm. see him pass nothing. We don't see nobody in front of him. So who's to say that the man that's getting 35 a pop didn't throw somebody, you know, 50 Gs to shut this down? Let me let me shoot through here real quick. When you're uh, flying an airplane, uh, you know, one anything can go wrong at any second and you're out of there. That's why I hate flying airplanes, but I do it all the time because – you know, the chances of the foolery happening aren't that high. Canelo shut yeah, off the, the comments because he did. The chances of things happening are on the road. 
higher than in the air. Right. Right. That's Yeah, that's if you didn't pay for this little tunnel that nobody seems to be in. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Canelo's out here driving fast. What do you make the money for to go fast? You know, it, I didn't see anything wrong with it. You know, could he have died? Something happened. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that just is what it is, and he would have went out as a legend. He would have died just then. They would have said Canelo was the GOAT of boxing. You know? Stop. So he was taking a calculated risk. Taking a calculated risk, and we'll see. And and, and as we see, nothing happened. He didn't want to hear anything. He doesn't want to hear you, you Americans speak about what this Mexican guy is doing. He doesn't care. So, oh. you know, I, I'm not mad at it. It is what it is. That's what you get the fast cars for to go fast. And I didn't see anybody in that tunnel. That's what I looked at. I was like, damn, ain't nobody in the tunnel. He must have rented this. That's where I went. You know, I know you're trying to be his uncle and stuff. You say you don't like Canelo, but, you know, you're, you know, you're very upset that he did this and you're calling him the face of boxing. So the real, your real feelings are coming out. And I'm glad we were able to discuss this so we could see how you truly feel about Canelo. So I don't know why you talk down on him so much. Maybe this. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do know. So I don't know why you talk down on them so much, but maybe this will open your eyes that we can lose them at any time. We can lose them at any time. So you might want to, you know, give him his roses while he's alive, RC. I'd give him a speeding ticket while he's alive, if anything. This guy, man, I, you know, I get. You guys ever heard the story? But uh, before I go to your JP, no. you, no, ever heard the story about Justin Bieber? No, we ain't heard that crazy? one. In a Lamborghini outside Keyshawn Johnson's neighborhood, and what Keyshawn Johnson do? He chases ass down in a Prius, all the way down to Justin Bieber got in his house, and Justin Bieber was, you know, I think it was three hoes in the in the Lambo, driving crazy. Got chased by his house, got chased down by Keyshawn to his house, ran inside, locked the doors. That would be me. I'd chase Canelo down if I seen him driving ridiculous like that. Walking up to the door with my belt in hand. That's ridiculous. And for you to assume that he rented out a whole area space with a a long elongated tunnel, I don't think he's doing that. The guy turned off his comments because he don't want to hear what people says. Do you think he's gonna give away some money to appease anybody for a space where he could just drive like he's out of control? Highly unlikely, my man. Highly unlikely. Go to a racetrack, Canelo. Do that somewhere where you can do that. I'd really be upset if towards the end of that tunnel, I'm sure he's probably still speeding. You know, an innocent little puppy comes around the way, and what? Canelo might not care, but I'm an animal lover. I don't like to see roadkill. He should have some more. He should have some more class. Because I tell you what, Willa. Let that person in the driver's seat be Deontay Wilder. Oh, oh, uproar. Uproar. That country motherfucker from Alabama don't know how to drive. Oh, man. Let it be a different person besides Canelo with his white pants, his white shirt. It's, It's crazy, man. But glad nothing did happen for Canelo. I just think that it's unfair for others who drive crazy and get criticism while this guy's getting let off the hook. JP, Canelo's out of control for this one, man. And you guy number 84, which I refuse to say his name, has went through something similar of that 
high-speed type of a deal, and he got trashed for it, just like Tyreek Evans got trashed for it, just like Lamar Jackson got trashed for it. But Canelo might get out of here unscathed, not on my watch. Now, am I overreacting, or is this something that should be brought up to the public? Because Canelo was going on upwards of at least 150 miles per hour. He was about to hit sixth gear, and them Lambos, they might be getting 150 in third gear. I, definitely over four. What was your thoughts on this video by shrewd operator Canelo Alvarez, my man? Well, man, it, it all all speaks to the the badass that Canelo is. We all know Canelo's Clint Eastwood. He's James Dean. He's all of that. Um, <clears throat> is it irresponsible? Yeah, it's irresponsible. It's a dangerous hell yeah. If you're worth so much, should you put your life in a likely danger or in a potential danger? Probably not, but we do it all the time. Um, I like to believe he was at like a speedway. I like to believe Canelo could easily go to BMW where they at their testing facilities or Porsche, whatever, where they have straightaways where they can do these testings at these high speeds. And I like to believe that's where Canelo was. When I seen it, I thought that. I didn't think he's in no uh, place where you'd have normal civilians or, you know, normal drivers. So I thought he was at some place where you can go do this. And those, those places are available, of course. You know, you have to assume people who buy Ferraris, Porsches, um, high-level Mercedes Benzes, you know, McLarens and shit of that nature – you know, there's places where, you know, you can test them and run them at these high speeds. Like to believe it was that. But, mm-hmm. look, man, the, the larger point is, and I heard, you know, this is what you see with Jim Carrey today. When, you, when you've when gotten everything you can dream of, the problem becomes then you got to start dreaming of shit you haven't dreamed of. You know, all we all want is all we dreamed of, right? But what happened when you got it? So now you get to the point where it's like, damn, and I'll take it here. Uh, a cat be like, you know, you, you're the biggest thing going. And so you'd be like, you know, I want to have a threesome. Then you're going to say, I want to have a threesome with three Asian broads. Then you want to have a threesome. You're going to start going through the nationalities. Then you'd be like, one night, two years later, you're like, I want five midgets tonight. You got it. <laughs> you know, you got it. You got it. Okay, but what happens when you didn't have ten midgets, uh, four bitches who were six six, and and three Eskimo broads? You didn't did everything you can dream of. So now you gotta, I think, to a point, it almost gets fatalistic. You get almost there's a point where you get to where Jim Carrey is now. You see Jim Carrey looking weird. You get suicidal because you realize in life yeah. you can only do the same shit you've done, just bigger. You know, you can only buy a bigger house now. Ain't no different kinds of houses to buy. You want a sports car? You bought a you bought a fucking Ferrari, the best one, 15 years ago. So now you got to drive a 200. Now you got to start trying to see what they're talking about going to live on Mars. I'm trying to invest in that. What's up? You know, you start doing wild shit because you didn't done it all. So you get the thrill seeking. And Canelo, you know, man, done he, it didn't, all. he didn't ran through. He didn't have the midgets, you know, and he, he didn't have the Chinese, and he didn't have them all. And so he didn't, hey, I need to go drive 200 miles per hour, man. I'd do it. I'll tell you right yeah. now, I'll do it. Yeah. 
That's it. Hey, R.I.P. Shorty. Man. What happened? What'd you Mr. say, Will? Oh, I'm saying R.I.P. Shorty Low, Mister Dun Done It All. Oh, okay. that's what I was trying I to explain you, I to you. RT. I, I I explained to RT that same point, JP, about the about the text. That's why when I see a guy like my hmm. main man De La Hoya in fishnet and oh. you know cocaine powder on his on up. his nose, I know that this fool has <laughs> done he, he he done done it all. He done done it all. Oh. So he's he's taking it to the next step. As long as he doesn't go overboard to the next step. I'm not really tripping. Well, because I know oh, he, didn't the, uh, he didn't have the five. I don't want to know. Uh, seven foot tall Asian Asian bras with big booties. Call Oscar. You know? Done, 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 done it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't want to know what's after what's after what's the next level after kitchen utensils. Nobody but a guy is scared off. He's scared off. No, How's it get any they worse than that? This bitch is lying. As long as hey, hey, somebody's gonna tell him, hey man, somebody gonna tell him I'm telling you, shark pussy is fire, and they got a shark laid <laughs> up somewhere. You know, what I mean, and they gonna go just see what that shark do. You know, oh, gotta man, pay yeah, for that. I wouldn't put it past him, man. I wouldn't put it past him. He left the he left the life behind him. But uh, that's also why Canelo. <laughs> Canelo shut down his uh his comments because he didn't. It was probably all just because of De La Hoya. It's like, nigga, I ain't. I don't give a fuck. That's probably what it was. It wasn't about the fans. It wasn't about anybody else. It was about, hey, I'm over here in Paris. I don't. I ain't answering this nigga calls. They didn't just pay me thirty. What he get thirty million? I'm doing the no. full. Don't. He had other. He had other posts, man. In the same area. It's not that he turned him off because he's on vacation. He turned that one specifically off. And when I look at yeah. it right now, I, I don't know if it's the kilometers per hour that's on this vehicle, but what I'm looking at on the very right-hand bottom of the screen, where it would look as if to show the speed of this like vehicle, how fast it's going, it's like at two, 250 something. Yeah, that's, ca- yeah, that's that. KMs. Yeah, it yeah, had to be. KMs. It had to be. Yeah. So I have to figure out what the what the difference is for that because that's a, it's a 260 going plus right now i don't think it's going that damn fast uh but but i mean man he just need to do better your guy needs to get right willa this this is unnecessary but i guess we, if you done done 160 it all, he going about 150 one what is that what did i say one you said 260 he's at 160 yeah he ain't doing nothing okay that ain't nothing Oh, oh, that ain't nothing. Man. I'm sure. Well, does everyone drive like that in Texas? And it's just a normal day, or what? Yeah, we're at ninety. We're minimum ninety on the highway. So I mean, that's crazy. That's just another seventy. Uh, JP knows as well as I know. You 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 go over that sixty-five. Just one might Well, LA they have some crazy drivers there too. So I guess it doesn't do no justice. But uh, if the CHP catch you going one mile over sixty-five. They getting a little bit of that quota, but uh, yeah. well, it sound like he's still pushing that old charger pretty hard. Oh yeah, it's, it's on this last leg, dog. But yeah, it got pushed. I'm pushing it. I pushed <laughs> it yesterday, dog, on the Beltway. I was at about I was at about 102 probably. God damn. Let's see, and here I was. I just um. 
what was it? Uh, uh, the last ticket I got was a month ago, and I was going 87. 87 on the highway. That turned out to cost me 475, I think. Uh, oh, we got some highways out here where it's 85 is the 85 is the limit. Well, sounds like I should be living in Texas, but but nonetheless, man, yeah, I wonder what kind of Canelo should get his license suspended at least for at least for a month. I think you know he's got money; he can have people drive him around because obviously he can't drive himself around without pulling off some fake ass Vin Diesel. Paul, we all know what happened to Paul Walker, right? Canelo Alvarez needs to be translated. What happened to that guy? I'm doing the same thing that. Hey, Canelo's I cry doing every time. Hey. I- I get a little baby tear every time I see that scene where they're about to go and they do. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And they go down the little, they go to the divide, they look and be like, ah, oh, damn. This nigga Paul Walker. Oh, about yeah, to crash yeah, and yeah. I got I to show JP my picture with LeBron because that's what me and LeBron did when he went to LA. We were looking at each other <laughs> next to the light, man. I think it's best we just go our separate ways. <laughs> Oh man, but um, all right. Enough of that. I just wanted to, I just wanted to give Canelo a hard time because people who've done the same thing have gotten hard times as well. So, um, but uh, another fight before we get ready to wrap up here. Um, I was not able to check it out, Willa, but you brought it up when I sent you the list of what we're going to run down today, um, involving Austin Trout, a guy that, I mean, uh, JP thought he had a little more life in him than probably me or you thought. Um, I'm not sure how you want to twist this around if you called it to be a draw, but I don't know. No one likes to draw. No one likes to draw in any sport, but especially in boxing, man. Just a quick rundown, if you can, Willis, because you said that you were able to catch this fight, correct? Yeah, I caught most of the fight, man. I I saw... How how did Austin Shot look, man? Did he look... Did he look paper washed out there? A diet version of his former self, or, or how did he look out there, man, to get this draw? Yeah, yeah. He actually did, man. He got beat by a guy that's not that's not good. I think I saw. I didn't see the whole fight. I think I started in the third. Um, it was all I saw was Gusha, however you say his name. He was uh, giving giving uh, giving Trout that work. Trout lost. Uh, you could tell he knew he lost. Um, I think I might have gave him one, or I think I might have gave him one, maybe two rounds of the of the seven rounds that I saw. So Damn. it was no way that was a it was no way it was a draw. Uh, the judges, I think one judge had a big big margin. One judge had him winning, uh, him losing by a big margin, which was how I had it. Then one judge had him had him up, and then they had a draw. It was. It was crazy. You could tell by at the interview that he knew that he lost. He said, you know, I know what it is. It was more of a, you know, they were explaining why they didn't look so good instead of why they won. You know, that's how you could tell when somebody lost because they're like, you know, I, I didn't have my time in. You know, I didn't this, didn't that. But he said, Trout being the man that he is, which, which I think is the reason why, you know, he gets to do these little baby headline cards is because he's a man. He seems to be a man of integrity. And he said, hey, I want the rematch immediately. Um, you know, even though this was a fight, well, it was a draw, so he didn't win. But 
you know, he wanted the rematch immediately, and, you know, he was going to come in better. So Trout isn't done, but he is done because Terrell Gusha isn't that good. Yeah, well, unfortunate circumstances for a guy like Austin Trout has had himself a, a quite storied career. But, um, uh, yeah, I was curious to see how that one worked out. There's, um, uh, I mean, I don't know. If, if he goes, I guess, you know, maybe you get back in there with a rematch for him, but if it, if it sounds the way that you're telling me right now, uh, he might Well, you said he had a year layoff. Like, he didn't look like he was done. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it looked like his, you know, he he didn't have that timing. He didn't have timing. He said it was because of the year layoff. Maybe it was. He said he wanted to rematch immediately. We'll see. I would, uh, I don't think he got beat to the point where he doesn't, that he gets beat again. You know what I'm saying? He got beat up, but it's not, Goosh isn't that good. Yeah. So, I would, if I was him, I would say, yeah, give me the rematch. And I don't know if he would win. I still would say that one, that one's up in the air who would win that one. So, he isn't done done. But he's not the same trout. Yeah, no, I, I see you on that, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, small topic, but I give him the, I give him his credit for still getting in there. And if it was a timing thing, then yeah, get back in there right away. Don't want, you know, right now the clock's not on his side right now, so that's unfortunate for him. But uh, man, it is fucking pouring out here right now. I don't know what it's looking like on your guys' side down south JP or over there in Texas well, but it's really coming down crazy right now got coastal weather like a motherfucker right now um, <clears throat> but uh, getting ready to wrap this one up and uh, go see the family and stuff like that for this holiday weekend that we got going on here um, Willa we started off early so I mean shit <laughs> I'm used to us wrapping up and it's about 2 o'clock on my time right now which uh it's about to be one o'clock your time, but we got a lot of the day left over for uh, starting this show so early, which I'm not mad at. Um, what you got lined up for the rest of your Sunday, my man? Oh man, I think I'm about to hit the pool. That's what my son came in talking about. They were leaving, so I'm about to walk down to the pool for a little bit. Then we'll see. I'm supposed to go to a little barbecue, but and hooping with them young kids yesterday, though, got my, my damn shin, like the shin muscle hurting or something. I didn't know I had that. But that shit should have hurting, so I might just be shutting it down today. Oh, yeah. I feel you on that, man. Right now, my life I had about six blocks, right blocks. Oh, I was beating that shit yesterday. I felt fresh yesterday. Wait, I ain't gonna even lie. Were you, were, you playing, were you playing ball with your son's friends or what? No, no, no. These are these is college hoopers. You gotta, you know, these are guys. I mean, they're not college hoopers. These are they're all shorter guys. But uh, you know, they're uh, you're picking on shorter no, twenty four hour hooping. Well, that's who I usually oh, okay, I usually okay. have to guard the athletic shorter guy because nobody can. I mean, not short guys, but they're good. But they're not they're good basketball players, mm. but they're not tall enough to be real basketball players. You know what I'm saying? They're like five ten. You know, they're good, but when, you know, they're not league good or big college good because they're not big guys. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. So, but, yeah, I was out there fresh yesterday. They, they got a goal that's a little lower on one side. Uh, it's probably like nine and a half. I got me a little flush putback, though. And then right after that, I had to call a timeout <laughs> and shut it down for the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my shit's By the time, hurting. man. 
just had to laugh, dog. Like, goddamn, I was going too hard. <laughs> I feel you on that, man. I feel you on that. I, I'm, I'm getting to that point where I'm waking up and feeling like, man, why's my ankle hurting? Why's my knee hurting? Why's my wrist? My wrist is hurting like a motherfucker today. My left wrist is killing me right now. So I was saying I worked the bag yesterday, and yeah. You know, ain't no lefty action going on tonight, that's for sure. But anyway, JP, JP, what's going on, man? It's an early day, bro. So, I mean, I mean, Will is over here talking about the pool. I'm, I'm jealous of him right now because it's raining like crazy out here. What's, I mean, uh, what you got lined up for the rest of the day, and how's it over there looking in SoCal, man? Uh, it's a little, a little gloomy. Like, got a little sprinkle here and there. Not too bad. <laughs> So well, I hate that. Hold on. Is 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 was that that self-proclaimed animal with hurt shin muscles? Because I never <laughs> known an animal, known an animal, be having hurt shin muscles. Niggas don't even. That's an old ass animal, boy. The pack don't have to leave you behind. Cause you hold <laughs> they are. They might. <laughs> they might. They might. They might. But we won three no games, though. <laughs> Oh shit! We got to leave this nigga. He he a nomad at this point. He can't run with the pack. That nigga too old. But um, uh-uh. yeah, though, man, I'm I'm on the same <laughs> shit, man. I did I did shoulders in the gym yesterday. I couldn't even sleep last night. Every side I turned on, my shit start cramping up. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. I gotta calibrate my workout and shit, man. I can't can't lift heavy once you get past. Like, no, you just gotta keep 36. on going, though. You just got to push through that, though. You'll be all good. I like how we're all sore right now, all three of us, though. We're all, like, in the same agreements with with physically how we're Y'all niggas sore, though. I think I'm actually hurt. My shit is hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sore, man. I've been trying to do that shit I could do when I'm 25. I've just been trying to hold on to what I could do in the gym when I was 25. And that's getting harder and harder to do. So... Yeah, man, same old same, though. Been to uh, call some people back. You know, some people I'm knowing, they calling me like, you know, what you doing today was cracking. So probably going to figure out who's, whose house I'm going to stop by or who's going to stop by my house. But R&B, old school R&B, 90s, 80s R&B in Motown with older people. Hey. That's usually what I do. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, bro. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry now, but I think I'm hurt too. My wrist is killing me right now. But hey, one thing's for sure: whenever we all get together, we got to get a game of, of 21 going, since we all talking about hooping and shit like that. I, I, I wanna, I wanna test out them ankles Will is talking about right now. <laughs> but nah, hey, uh, all to the side, man. Great show today, fellas. I mean, uh, the early start really got me. I, I really got my second wind right now with the early start and how much of the day is is left. So. I'm going to run to the parents' crib, go see my little niece for a little bit, probably go bring her some donuts right now. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm definitely going to be coming back home and playing some Mortal Kombat today. So just a big chilling day for me with this rain coming out. But uh, good stuff out here today, fellas. Enjoy talking to you. Canelo, slow the fuck down. And uh, we'll be back with the preview show coming on Wednesday. And uh, until then, man, you guys have a, a great Memorial Day weekend. Um, if you're off tomorrow, I envy you, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, you guys, we're the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll, we'll preview what we got cracking for the weekend. 
But as of right now, speaking for myself in the San Joaquin Valley of Central California, Houston, Texas, and Inglewood of Southern California, we are OBP. And for right now, we out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.